Isn't that awesome, you guys? I, I, just, I think we're doing a pretty good job hiring people around here, actually. So I don't know if you guys know, but Brad Olson's our, our latest hire. He's actually going to be our arts director for our South Campus. And so, man, we are just so thrilled to have him. And then that video, um, Ben Wolf is our new guy that just came here to help us with our videos. But what's really cool is Miles Rasmussen, who's one of our teenage guys, actually put that together. I mean, is that awesome? I like, and uh, I, you know, I, I told Ben, I said, dude, I, I love what you do, but I get really geeked when I see you being able to pour into people to produce stuff like that. I mean, see, when we do this kind of stuff, it's like, I, to be honest with you, I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say. So, um, yeah, okay. No, but seriously, I just, I, I did the first service, I watched that, and I just thought, man, this is so true. This is so critical to our hearts and to our lives. And as we go through this whole series, these guys at the crossroads, and as we stand here and we look at this, I want to really encourage you to do something. If you've never read the book of Proverbs, I'd love for you to read the book of Proverbs with us. We're going to do it together. And uh, the great thing about the book of Proverbs is if you've, if you've never really read the Bible before, it's, a, it's an awesome book to start with because it's just really practical. And God just lays out some very clear guidelines for our life. And that's what, and we're going to look at those today and as we keep going through the series. So, but what I'd encourage you to do is there's 31 of them, which is kind of cool because you can actually read one a day as you go through your calendar. In fact, lots of times if I just feel like I need to connect with God and it's the 17th of the month, I'll go grab Proverbs 17 and just read through it. And, uh, but we're going to do that together. So starting tomorrow or today, if you would like, just to start with Proverbs 1 and then tomorrow read 2. If you've never read the Bible, if you've never connected with God on a daily basis, here's, here's maybe a way that you could do that, and we'll be doing it together, and so we'd love to have you join us in that. But as we look at this crossroads, you guys, the reason it's so critical, and again, just, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but two things, no question, in our lives, we find us here, just like I said in the video, we find us here, and we need wisdom for our lives, on which direction, <laughs> which direction, because you've got one life. One. And so it's critical. But the other thing I want to tell you is some of us have stood at these crossroads and we've already chosen some negative paths, right? And you're going, I'm not on the crossroads. Actually, I've already went down this way. (laughs) And I'm like here. So what about me? Can I just tell you one of the things I love about living in Utah? I love the legality of U-turns here. (laughs) I do. I love that. Like in Michigan, if I did a U-turn, there's a guy with red and yellow lights flashing behind me to pull me over because it's against the law. And I love the fact that no matter when I'm screwed up in Utah, I can turn around. It's a very, very good thing. And I want to tell you right now, it is a very, very good thing that if you have already gone in the wrong direction, God is the God of U-turns. That's what he is. He goes, you can take a U-turn anytime you want. And my arms are wide open. So if you, as we go through these five areas of life, if you feel like, man, I've already been down here, or maybe I'm there, just know that you can come back, and that's what God wants to do for you in your life, all right? So here we go. Today, we're looking at this whole issue of money, as, as Andy mentioned. I know if you're visiting today, you are so psyched. This is awesome. I thought I'd try church, and I knew it. They're going to talk about money. And, uh, and I just want to let you know, um, as we look at this a whole deal of resources and finances and all that kind of stuff, in fact, I've, I've talked to a lot of guys this week and some pastors as well who said, oh, man, money, that is so hard to talk about. Oh, I just, it's such a sensitive issue. I just, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I love talking about this. I love talking about this issue. And I know why you 
are squirming in your chairs right now a little bit. Some of you, it's because in, in many cases, I think the pe- reason people don't want the church to talk about money is because the church is really screwed up in the area of money many times. And people have not been faithful with their finances. And you need to know, we're doing everything that we can. You can check out our books today if you want. You can call up Eric and get the inside scoop. You can look at anything and everything we do with our finances. We're not going to try to hide anything. Try to do an audit every year as well just to make sure everything's in line. Because we know that many times, and legitimately, if you have concerns today, um, when it comes to money in the church, because it's been abused, I would say I agree with you. I know it's been abused. Okay? Let's just lay that out there. And I think no one gets any more angry about that than God, actually. Because um, I think he knows that some people are having a hard time trusting him with this area of finances because of the way his church has handled it. And I just want to say, um, and I'm a pastor too, so that doesn't help much either. Um, so, but I, I, do wanna, I just want to ask you, if you could, um, like, don't let the church and its mistakes and, and pastors, myself, don't. Don't let that stop you from just listening to what God might have to say today. Because here's why, you guys. Why is why I actually love to talk about this topic? Because if there's an issue in our lives where we need wisdom, if there's an issue in our life where we need rest for our souls, if there's an issue in our life where we would love to know we're the good way, isn't it this one? I mean, because when we think about money, I mean, don't raise your hands, but how many of you have ever stressed out because of money? I mean, how many of you have ever had anxious hearts and worry and not been able to just enjoy your life and the freedom because of money? See, okay, so most of you can go, yes, I know that feeling, all right? How many of you as well have found yourselves in a completely different place in your life where you wanted to be because money lured you there? (laughs) Because you went after this wild pursuit of of stuff or success or finances, and next thing you know, it's like, holy, wait a second, I didn't want to live here because... As you look up, I had a guy do a bunch of statistical stuff for me this, year, uh, this week. He did a great job. And I'm not, but you guys know, one of, if not the, top number one reasons for divorce is money. 70% of all marriages will struggle over this issue right here. And in a room this size, when 50% of us get divorced, you know, right here, right now, are some of you saying, yes, when I stood at the crossroads on this financial situation, I might not be sitting here alone if money hadn't taken us down the wrong path. And then, if you just want to take a look at the world, the world today is struggling and suffering because there's not enough resource to go around. We're going to talk about that later. But I'm telling you, man, this is a huge, huge issue And when we're at the crossroads, you guys, of this, our decision, what we need to realize, every one of these topics we're going to talk about, but today with money, is when you're at the crossroads and you're making decisions about money, it does affect you, but it doesn't just affect you. Every decision you make with your finances affects your family, obviously, but it affects our community. And here's what we're going to talk about today. It affects the world. I don't know if you guys, I hope by the time we leave this place, you're going to realize what you and I do with our little dollars actually affect the world. And this, this is a huge issue, but can I just share with you the biggest issue today for money and why we need to talk about it and why I actually like to talk about money uh, in, a, in a church is because of this one right here. Look what Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, verse 34. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, 
It's where your heart is. See, here's the issue, you guys. As a church at K2, we, we'll say this. We're not, we're not concerned about money here. You know why? Because God's not all that concerned about money. <laughs> but he is very, very concerned about your heart. But he did this really crazy thing when he created this whole world and this economy. He said, I need to help these people understand where their heart is. So I'm going to put this whole institution in called money. And whenever they spend their money on, they're going to be able to find out where their heart is. And that's why the crossroads are so critical with money. Because if you go down one path and you find yourself down here, it's not that you just did that with your finances. Your heart's going to end up here. <laughs> that's the issue. Or your heart's going to be able to end up over here. And so when you, as you sit here today, I hope if you freak out because of money at church, I hope, God, please just take that all away and help us just to see that this is actually just a heart issue. All right? Between you and him, between the people you're sitting next to, in your own life. All right? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to just, I went through all the Proverbs, and I'm going to share with you five of them. And, and again, when you go through a lot of these Proverbs, you'll see that they just point blank. There's this, or there's this. There's this, or there's this. Look at what he says. First one is chapter 10, verse 16. It says, The wages of the righteous bring them life, but the income of the wicked brings them punishment. Now, very interesting, because it's the same thing. In other words, all of us, you know, who are working, you get wages or you get income. But the issue, again, it's about your heart. See, money is amoral, which we're going to talk about. Everybody can get income or anybody can get wages. But if the righteous person gets wages, they get life. But if the wicked, per wicked person gets wages, it brings them punishment. <laughs> See, money can actually be a blessing or a curse. That's the whole point. Well, what does that look like? What's it mean to be righteous and what's it mean to be wicked in this whole issue of money? Chapter 11, verse 28 says this. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Chapter 14, verse 21. He who despises his neighbor sins, but blessed is he who is kind to the needy. Chapter 19, verse 17. He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. And he will reward him for what he has done. And then chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. One man gives freely, and yet he gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Okay, you see, you see these Proverbs? Aren't they just like point blank? They just kind of just tell you, this is how life's going to work. You know, we don't have to get into the Hebrew and figure out all the deep meaning of these things. He just lays it out there and says, you have two options. Let me kind of, from those verses, kind of just put them together for you. This is what it means to be righteous. It means you're kind to the needy and the poor. It means you give freely. And it means you're generous. You're just a generous person. That's what it is to be righteous, which means basically, you guys, that word righteous, again, you I think many of us don't like that, but really all it means is this is what's right between you and God, and this is what's right between you and your fellow man. That's what righteousness is. And it's to be generous and to kind and to give freely. And what's wickedness? Wickedness is despising your neighbor, withholding unduly, and trusting in your riches. Now, but check this out, you guys. So here's the image, image that I want to give for you. As Proverbs makes it so clear. The title of our message today is this. You can either be open-handed or closed-fisted. 
Open-handed or close? How's that for vision right there? I'm sitting in the coffee shop, and I just kind of sat at my table, and I went like this, and I'm like, yeah, that pretty much says it all right there. <laughs> Doesn't it? If you could just keep this image in your mind, <laughs> I think you'd realize the difference between what your life can be like or it can be like this. Look at what Proverbs says, what God says. If you're standing at the crossroads, and you're generous, and you give freely, and you're kind to the poor and the needy, look at what it says. What's it say? It brings you life. You gain even more. You will prosper. You'll be refreshed. You'll thrive like a green leaf. You'll be blessed, and you'll be rewarded by God. And what's this side? It brings you punishment. You come to poverty. You fall, and you sin. Hmm. Now, you see, so, so again, just check how simple this is. Now, if we were all sitting there and go, wow, I could have life, and I could be blessed, and I could be rewarded, and I could gain even more, and I thrive like a green leaf. Ah, no thanks. I think I'll take this one, right? And, and what's this one, you guys? Here's your stress, right? See it? Here's your stress. Here's your anxiety. Here's all your worry. Here's, and here's, here's your marriage, right? <laughs> Isn't this what you guys did? I love this picture. When you're close-fisted, it's like, come on, baby. Let's bring this on. Here's greed. Here's jealousy. Here's all the things that causes the quarrels among us. It's this or it's this. And what's funny is many of us stand there and we say, you know what? I think if I just try to gain as much as I can and withhold it for myself and get a bigger house and get better stuff and just keep accumulating, I'm going to have a great life. How's it working for you? How's it working for you? And I would say most of us have maybe never even really tried this yet. And what's wild is, is you can go ahead and check the stats. And they just show us. This isn't Christian stuff. This is just statistics of human life. That when people are closed-fisted, their lives fall apart. And our, our lives in this room can show it to be true as well. So it's a huge issue, guys. It's a heart issue. And so what's God up to? Again, I think he's showing us our hearts. So how many of you would say in here, I love God? Go ahead. I, I just love God. All right? How many of you would say, I love people? Okay, and you need to because you're sitting next to people and you don't want to, like, God, that dude didn't raise his hand, man, moving over a seat. Um, see, we would say, I love God and I love people. Okay, well, that's good because God said that the greatest thing in all the world is that you would love God and love people. <laughs> love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, if you would actually love God and love people as yourself, everything else would take care of itself. Isn't that cool to know? It's actually not that simple. I mean, that hard to, to figure out. <laughs> follow me, follow me. <laughs> so Jesus says this, though. He goes, you can't serve two masters. You'll either hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. And then he says, you cannot serve both God and money. You're at a crossroads, and what's it going to be? Are you going to be righteous, which means live right, love God? Or are you going to love yourself and live for yourself and not be generous and kind to those around you? You can't do both. Do you guys ever see, you ever see All of Me? Anybody ever see that movie, All of Me, with Steve Martin? Okay, it's this incredible movie where he gets filled with half of well, a woman's spirit and half of his body. You guys ever see that? It's always one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in all of moviedom is this, is when, is when Steve Martin's trying to walk down the road and Lily Tomlin owns the other half of his body. 
right? And he's trying to go like this, and she's trying to go this way, and he's trying to go this way, and she's trying to go this way, and they just can't do it. You can't do it. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Okay, now look at this. It doesn't say money is the root of all evil, right? Because <laughs> sometimes you feel like you're in a church and it says, the mon money is the root of all evil. It's not. The love of it. The love of it, because you've got to love God, but you can't love God and love money at the same time. So, But the love of money is a root. It's just one of many, but it's a root of all kinds of evil. And then it says what? Some have, e have wandered, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and they've pierced themselves with many griefs. I love something that was said 2,000 years ago. Just matches the statistics that come out in the USA today. People eager for money, people who love money, can't love God at the same time. And I love the scripture. And so what's it say? And some who are eager for it, they wandered. Perfect for this crossroads, right? Because how many of us, when we're eager for money, just wander down this path and live freely? Is that how you wander? <laughs> no. When you're wandering, we always wander this way. We always wander down this path because we want it for ourselves. God, what is God up to? Why do I want to give this message to you today? I want to tell you why. Because he loves you. That's why. Do you think God loves your anxious heart? No. You guys think God loves the fact you're stressed out and you have medical issues because of money? No. Do you think the one who stood at the altar with you and joined you together so that nothing would separate you, do you think he enjoys the fact that money and the pursuit of this and the argument and the fighting over this actually destroyed your marriage? And for those of you who are still married and are in the 70 percentile who are in struggling with this right now, do you think God's like going to, I love the fact that God doesn't say, that's okay, just go for it. Go ahead and be anxious and worry and get stressed out and ruin your relationships. See you in heaven. No. God says, here, let me, I love you. That's why this is such a huge issue. That's why he gives us Proverbs. That's why Jesus says you can't do both. That's why Paul says, if you love it, you may wander from the faith and pierce yourself with many griefs. And you don't have to. Because when you're at the crossroads, you could do what he says, and you could be open-handed instead of closed-fisted. You know what else God's doing, you guys? And here's the point. He loves the world. See, the other reason money is so important to God is not just your heart as you use it, but the hearts of every person in the world. And God's given the resources to make this happen. Now here, this is pretty crazy, so just kind of hang on with me because I'm going to do some statistics here for you. This is from the Borgen Project. I have no idea what it is, but the Borgen Project says this. Follow this. In one year, in annual expenditure, if we would spend for a year, okay, from 2007 right now till 2015, so for the next eight years, if 15 or I'm sorry, $19 billion a year for the next eight years would completely eliminate global starvation and mal malnutrition. Okay? $19, million, $19 billion a year would completely get rid of the starvation problem on the planet. Okay? 
$12 billion every year for eight years would provide education for every child on the planet. Every child. And if we would spend $15 billion a year, there would be universal access to clean water and sanitation. You guys, right? You look around the world today, everybody's clean water, right? Clean water. Starve. All these issues are what the world's caring about. And if we would just spend, what that comes out to is $46 billion. If we could come up with $46 billion a year, we could totally eliminate the biggest issues on the planet. So what do you say, K2? You want to do it? Let's do it. $46 billion. I think we can do it. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. That's not what I'm saying. But check this out. You know what that comes down to? That comes down to every American giving $153 a year. Do you think there's enough resource in the world to take care of the biggest problems in the world? $153 a year. You spend that one night in a hotel. One really nice dinner. You pay your electric bill. That's it. And the, all the problems of the world are done. That's just crazy to me. The resource is here. So why does God say, hey, when you're standing at the crossroads... What's right is to lend freely, is to give generously, because I care about every person in the world. So check this out. In the state of church giving through 2000, it's another statistical deal, it says the members of historical Christian churches in America, if, if all those who would say we're just Christians, all of us who just rose our hands, in historical Christian churches, all right, just in America, in 2000, if every person would have tithed, which is the historical deal of kind of giving 10% back to God, you know, he gives you $10 and he only asks for one, right? If we would do that, in 2000, we would have raised $139 billion. Think there's enough resource in the world? If those who say, I follow Christ, would just do what he says... $139 billion, and all we need is $46 billion <laughs> to take care of all the problems in the world. Is this not shocking you? This is just like, oh my God, you're kidding me. Check out this one. The world Christian trends from AD 30 to AD 2000. Who, boy, that would have been a fun study, huh? 33% of the population would say they're Christian in the world. Okay, 33%. We bring in 53% of the income of the whole world. And we spend 98% of it on ourselves. Oh, man. Okay. So this was the part where I'm sitting in the coffee shop going, okay, God, you really want me to say this? And I feel like he's saying, David, I need you to say this. The resource from God on this planet is there to take care of every starving child, every single mom over in Africa who can't find clean drinking water. Every issue in the world. And you know what it's like? I thought about this. I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's Joe Mackey. He's a good friend of mine. He does my finances for me. He's a buddy back in Detroit. So kind of Joe's my steward of my finances, right? So let's say I'm looking for a car and I need $5,000. So I call Joe up and I go, hey, Joe, um, I got a need. I need $5,000 so I can pay cash for this, this car I'm looking at. And Joe comes back to me and he says, mm, No. Uh, hello? <laughs> Excuse me, Joe. I just want $5,000 of my money so I can make this payment. And Joe says, no. Now, what would you do if your manager of your finances told you no to your finances? Yeah, you'd fire him. I mean, are you kidding me? 
Hello, this is mine. Now, y'all follow me? The Bible teaches that everything in the earth is the Lord's. And all of you who raised your hands and you said, I love God. And I love people. Okay, just bear with me here. For where your treasure is, there your heart is. And when God looks at you and says, I've got issues in the world. And all I'm asking, I gave you 10, all I'm asking for is one. That's all I need. If you just give me one, I could so take care of every issue in the world. All of you who say, I follow Jesus Christ, when's the last time that you trusted God with what he's entrusted you? Would you be like Joe Mackey? Are you like Joe Mackey? Are you like God coming to you and saying, hey, I just need a little bit of my money? No. <laughs> Did you see what I'm saying? I'm sitting in the coffee shop going, oh, my God. Oh, is that really what it's like, God? Because I would fire Joe. I really would. And I wonder what God does when he says, look at all those people say they love me. And they love people. And yet not one penny ever goes to that end. Remember a few weeks ago we said that if we say we have fellowship with God but we walk in the darkness, we lie. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm see, you just, this is, anybody else want to be the pastor? You know, this is when it's really fun. But I tell you, man, I need to lay this out there before you because if you do this, you will be anxious, you'll worry, your relationships will fall apart, and when you stand before God, it's probably not going to be all that fun. If you do this, you'll be refreshed, you'll thrive, you'll receive his blessing, you'll be rewarded, and the world would be taken care of. It's just, it's crazy. We're the church of Jesus Christ. You know what he says? He says, unless you have the heart of a child, you'll never come to me. So uh, Susie, a couple weeks ago, was starting to teach Ashlyn about money. Here's what money is. Here's what you do with it. Here's what it's for. And here's how we handle it, all that kind of stuff. And next thing you know, Ashlyn has this blessing jar. And she's taking all of her brown ones and sticking it in there. Now, she gets the silver ones, but she's putting the brown ones in there, Okay. Well, last week down at Pioneer Park when we all went and fed the homeless with Adventure Canyon, you know what Ashlyn did? She put $3 worth of brown pennies in her little baggie so she could give them to somebody who didn't know that God loved them. And they prayed all the way as they drove over there and said, okay, you know, God, please help someone to know how much you love them because of this gift. Isn't that incredible? So Susie's going to have that conversation with me this week. And... Um, <laughs> See if she can maybe do the same thing in me. Um, and they, I mean, that's awesome. Now, now, the other side of it is I did find a little stepladder on my dresser, and Ashlyn's actually coming up and taking my chain money and putting it into her piggy bank, but that's a whole other issue. So, but I figure, you know, if she's taking my money and giving it away, that's probably a good thing. So um, we're working on that. But, but anyway, but, it, but it's the heart of this child that gets instructed by God and then just does it. That's the heart of a child. And some of us have sat in church for years, and we've heard God say just here's how it works, and yet we're still doing this with his stuff. So what do we do, you guys? Well, here we go. What do we do? The first thing that has to happen is we need a new heart. Because what is this? It's a heart issue. It's not a money issue. It's a heart issue. See, because some of us think, well, if I, I just need a little bit more money, because if I had a little more income, then I could do it. Check out this stat from Barna. 
He says that in doing all their studies, what they found was that people who make $20,000 or less, 8% of those people tithe, who make $20,000 or less. Now, guess what happens as you get more money? The percentage drops to the point where in the people who make $75,000 to $100,000, 1% tithe. Is it an income issue? No, it's a heart issue. Because now that I got more, I'm even more into it. And I get more caught up. See how dangerous it is to be at the crossroads and have finances? So what do we need? Do I need more money so I can give more? No, what I need is a new heart. And that's what the gospel is, you guys. See, because I, I am so selfish, man. I mean, I just, I grew up, my dad was a teacher and that was it. We had five kids. I didn't, we didn't have anything we wanted. We had what we needed, but not what we wanted. I learned how to do laundry when I was 12 years old because I didn't want my brothers and sisters taking my clothes. You know, I mean, I developed this incredible, mm, you know, feeling. So I walked through this, and here's what's funny, is I, and I tithed. I was still tithing, but my heart was like this, you know, my stuff. And so what has to happen is all of a sudden, I needed a new heart. And, and how's that happen? First thing you do is you realize, okay, I'm here, God. What do I do? First thing you do is just agree with him. Do you know that's what it means to confess? Just agree with him. Okay, I live for me. I, I agree. And all of us can go home and tell him that today. I, I do. And God is the God of U-turns. You can turn to God and say, man, I don't want to do this anymore. You know what he says? He says, I will completely forgive you. Completely forgive you. That's what Jesus' death on the cross was for. To forgive us for not loving God and for not loving people, but for loving ourselves. He wants to forgive you, and he will. But then, when that happens, then you receive him. You're a spiritual being, and the Holy Spirit comes into your being, and he starts to make you new. New. And all we do is we, just, we have to start to believe that. You need a new heart. I do. Now, because here's the second thing. So first of all, you got to get Christ in there so he can start changing you. Okay? But now all of us who are Christians go, well, wait a second, I got him in there. How come I'm still like this? You know what the issue is? You're going to love me. You got to believe. The fight is to believe. Because think about it, you guys. If we're at the crossroads and God says, if you're generous, if you give freely, you'll have life and refreshment and reward and blessing and you'll thrive then how come all of us who aren't Christians don't just go, wow, who doesn't want that type of life? Again, we don't want this life, and yet we don't believe. For some reason, we still believe. If I work hard and gain lots of money and get lots of stuff, I'm going to have a great life. <laughs> it's just not working. But God says, when you're at the crossroads with your money, try this one. Just try it. See what happens to your heart. You will find, what did the Bible say? Rest for your soul. And that's what we really need. Now, the third thing you do is you be generous. <laughs> yeah, I, I listened to a message this one guy. The guy said, hey, you know how I changed this whole thing? You know what I did? He goes, I chose to. <laughs> See, because really it just comes down to a choice. And for some of us, we just have to choose to be generous. We just got to take the step of faith and trust God and do what he wants us to do. So what does that look like? In just two ways. And again, let me just do a disclaimer for K2 here. I am not saying 
give your money to K2. I don't care, especially if you're visiting, if you're not a part of this church, I, don't give to K2. If you don't trust church, I, again, I understand. If you don't trust, I'm the pastor, I gotta say this stuff. If you don't trust pastors, I totally understand. Go somewhere else, not to another church, just or whatever. Find, no, you can go to another church, I don't care, seriously. You all know me, I don't care. I don't care where you go to church. What I'm saying is, if you're freaking out about churches, don't go to another church. Find another place to give, though. Again, don't let the churches messing up and pastors being whatever to be the thing that stops you from experiencing the blessing of God. Go find some place and give. Now, if you're part of this place, come on. Let's make a difference, huh? Let's change the world. And that's what we can do. Thank you, four of you who are excited about that. But, but here's what you'll find, though. If you're like this, the best thing you can do is regularly give out of discipline and out of choice. And just watch the fingers slowly go away. Now, we're going to give you another option, okay? Because, as you know, it is what? October, and I think back in August, um, it's Christmas time, right? Okay? So you guys know, isn't it going to be like year-round next year? We're just going to forget this whole thing. All the holidays are just going to be Christmas from now on. And, you know, and right, there's a hustle and a bustle because it's, my goodness, it's October. Man, we got to get up and hurry and shop and get all of our stuff out because what is Christmas about? It's all, pull. It's not about giving. You know, oh, getting. Okay, all right, all right. I agree. No, I mean, it's unbelievable. Christmas now is all about consumerism. I mean, it's just ridiculous the amount of money we're going to spend on Christmas. And so here's what we're going to do as a church to try to combat this this year and to help us in this whole issue of how we can touch the world is we got a plan. And what we're going to ask you to do, in fact, it was kind of fun. I shared this with, uh, Susie and I shared this with our two daughters. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask you to sit before God this year and say, man, Lord, with some of my Christmas budget, could I actually give? And what we're going to do, if you give to us, we're going to give all this money to Russia and Honduras and New Orleans and our own issues right here in Dream Center and around us and our own benevolence within our church, okay? So what we're thinking is sit before God and ask him how much to give. So we ask our kids and we say, here's what we want to do this year, girls. Normally, you get about four presents for Christmas. And this year, what we're going to do is say, would it be okay if you, gave, if you got three presents and one of them went to people who don't have anything, no clothes, no food, don't even have clean water? What do you think? Would that be a good idea? What do you think our girls said? Oh, they're like, cool. That's awesome. Do you guys, <laughs> this is, do you guys, do you guys see how ludicrous this is? Oh, my poor American kids. <sighs> Only three gifts this year. No, here's what's funny. The average American will spend, we're getting $900 on Christmas. The average American will spend about $900, some more, some less, okay? We have about 930 adults that attend here on a Sunday morning. If you take 25% of that $900, multiply it by 930, do you guys realize if we would just do this, maybe God will ask you to do more, if you would just do one gift to somebody else instead of your own kids, we would raise over $200,000 as a church. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Is that not crazy? Is there enough resource in the world to touch the world? Just in one Christmas season there is. And so that's what we're going to do. And I want to encourage you guys. We knew we had to do it, get it out now, because everybody's shopping already. 
And don't do this. Don't just add 25% to your Christmas budget, okay? Which many of us would just do. I got, I got that visa. We're, you know. Don't do that. Like, actually, I think it'll be good for our kids not to have more than they can play with, okay? And even you and I. And let's touch the world. And that's what we're going to do. So there's another way for you to exercise this giving. You guys, band, come on up, wherever you are. Every day we stand at the crossroads with cash. And every time we spend, we do either this or we do this. And I just want to just share with you, God knows what brings life and he knows what brings destruction. And some of us have already tasted it. Let's try something new. Again, you guys, this is a hard issue. So, oh, ban? Is there a ban? I'll just lead you in worship. Um, anyway, uh, this, this is, it's a heart issue. And we're just going to sing, because we knew we need to give us some time at the end of the service to start dealing right now with your heart. This first song says this, Lord, you have my heart, and I will search for yours. Jesus, help me to be a sacrifice. Take my heart. Because many of us right now, you are, you're a Christian and the Lord has your heart. But now what we need to do is we need to search for his. And then we need to join those things, our heart with his heart, and let him through us change the world. All right? So let's just take a few minutes and let's deal with whatever you're feeling right now, your reality between you and God. And all of us who rose our hands and say we love him, let's look at our hearts and see if that's really true. Because where your treasure is, there your heart is. So let's worship together.